Hello and welcome to the Gambler Betting Podcast. I'm Select a bit. I'm delighted to be joined once again by Greg Browning. How's it going, Greg? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. I'm good. Are we enjoying this midweek of domestic action? Oh, it's, it's, it's domestic action across across the European scale, isn't it? Games yeah. all over the place tonight and last night, so just enjoying the, the games that are on tonight. I know, and there's no light up next week either, even though it is Christmas, there'll be plenty of games to get stuck into as well then, so we will be back next week with the podcast, so keep an eye out for that. But this week, it's like our Christmas has come early because we are delighted to be joined once again by Jim Delahunt, uh, back on the Gambler Betting Podcast. How's it going, Jim? Uh, very well, guys, very well. I'm delighted to be here. I hope you're both well. We are. Well, I am. <laughs> I'm sure Greg is as well. I don't speaking Greg's behalf. Uh, so, yeah, as I say, we got, we last had you on the podcast at the beginning of the season. Jim, yep. I was just wondering what your thoughts are on how the season's panned out in terms of some of the anti-post bets that you might have had um, and obviously how the leagues are lying at the moment, particularly the Premiership. Well, in terms of the Premiership, uh, I, I think the story of the season is undoubtedly Rangers. I don't think anybody would argue about that. I suppose you could balance that by saying the other story is the not the demise of Celtic, but certainly a disintegration of Celtic's title aspirations. Uh, they they clearly um, have a have had major problems this season, no matter how you want to dress it up. Uh, they sit so far behind Rangers that they wouldn't have believed at the start of the season coming towards Christmas. Uh, and I think that is, yes, that's a lot to do with Celtic's faults, but uh, I think we have to be very, very big and lavish with our praise for Rangers because um, compared to the Rangers who finished last season or, or, or finished what was left of last season before COVID intervened, this is night and day. They yeah. are a wonderful side to watch, uh, whether you're a fan or not. I know Celtic fans will disagree with that, but that's natural. Uh, they are a very good side to watch. They play some good football. They attack down the flanks. They get goals from everywhere on the pitch. The contribution of their captain, James Tavernier, is absolutely outstanding, uh, both in terms of his contribution from wide areas and also from set plays. And, of course, we include penalties in that. But his free kick last week against Dundee United, I think, summed up Tavernier's season. Yeah. He has been absolutely outstanding for Rangers. He's been a true leader on the park. And it looks to me, even though we haven't brought the Hogmanay coal in yet, that Rangers are going <laughs> to win the title, and they're going to win the title by quite a few points. Now, I, I mentioned that the, the second story here, or the accompanying parallel story here, is probably Celtic. Uh, Celtic started the season reasonably well. Uh, there were obviously one or two COVID interruptions, but their overall standard of play has been disappointing. If you were a Celtic backer at the start of the season, you might have thought coming to the New Year game at Ibrox, they might be two or three points behind if Rangers were having a really good time. But to be 13 points behind with the prospect of that getting worse before, is it January the 2nd? Yeah. Uh, with the prospect of that getting worse was unthinkable back in August. But sadly for Celtic fans, it is very much the reality right now. And right at this minute, despite a, a win over Kilmarnock last weekend, which in my book was routine and expected, uh, they have a long way to go to catch up with Rangers. And to be perfectly honest, they do not look like doing so. No, I think you're right. I think not just a long way to go in terms of catching up with Rangers, in terms of points on the table, but even just in performances. You know, yes. Rangers have just been absolutely relentless and I don't think Stephen Gerrard could have scripted the start to the season that they've had any better. And I think I, as well, 17 matches played, four goals conceded. Yeah. And obviously they're scoring goals for fun week in, week out. There's goals coming from all over. And to add into the goal difference as well, it may be 13 points clear and you may expect Celtic to claw back six points in those two games in hand. They may not, given how they've played this season. But adding the goal difference, that's an eight-point shortfall on what Rangers yeah. have. And sure. I think it'd take a very brave person to, to put any money on Celtic get, getting that gap back. Well, I was going to ask, how far away are we from Paddy Power paying out? I think after the um, Old Firm game next in January, I think if Rangers have to go and win that, being in mind, is it Ibrox, is that right? 
Yeah, yeah I, I, I think I think if they avoid defeat in that game, uh, the bold Paddy will pay out. Yeah, he's never shy, is he, Paddy? Never shy. <laughs> um, okay, so in terms of the rest of the league, I think Greg and I touched on it very briefly last week, and it's pretty much played out as we kind of discussed it pre-season. Hibs Aberdeen up there fighting for a third and fourth place. Um, Motherwell and United, Kilmarnock, St Johnson in the mix um, to finish top six, and then it's anybody's guess below that um, as to who's going to get dragged into the relegation battle. Yeah, in, in terms of relegation, I mean, I, I still think Hamilton will go down in the automatic place. Um, I, I, I see very little in Hamilton's play to think that they can put a string of results together that would take them up to maybe third or fourth bottom uh, for any for any uh, concerted length of time. Uh, Ross County, I am fairly convinced, will pull themselves out of the current mire. Uh, St Mirren, I, I've long held the theory that Jim Goodwin, in particular, picks and chooses the games he wants to win. And, <laughs> and just on that note, Jim, apologies. Um, Sitmer yeah. have just scored in their match oh. Rangers, so it's now one all. So it's one all. Well, there you go. And well, I, won, I wonder if he's off picked tonight. tonight. <laughs> Sorry, say it again, Jim. No, the pressure's off St Mirren tonight. Yeah. I mean, it's it's, uh, it's a free kick at the ball, isn't it? Um, yeah. But in, in terms of the league and their back to league business, as Greg well knows, against St Johnson this weekend. Um, I, I think he picks and chooses the games that he feels he can definitely win and he really goes for it. Um, I, I, do you know what? I'm not 100% convinced that the St. Johnson one is one of those games, but I, I think he'll fancy himself to get at least a point. Um, but there, there are other games that St. Mirren play, especially at home, where they think they can win those games. And generally, in recent weeks and months, they have been able to do so. And I take that way back to last season when they beat Hearts in that vital game, I think it was February or March Uh, and of course everything went belly up after that and that turned out to have been a vital result and uh, I think St Mirren again will pull themselves out of it, St Johnson no problem, Kilmarnock no problem, Livingston 100% no problem so I I do think that Hamilton are in trouble and as long as Ross County get their act together then it will be Hamilton who go down and maybe between Ross and St Mirren for uh, for that playoff. Yeah, interesting. Obviously, we've got Ross County v Hamilton this weekend, so that yeah. is, uh, I hate the cliche, but it's a, it's a proverbial six-pointer. Um, yeah. And we'll touch on St Mirren as we go through the podcast, because I know that you were happy to take on Aberdeen at St Mirren twice in the last couple of weeks, so that yeah. obviously plays into the theory that you've just uh, discussed with us there. Um, but yeah, I think generally the, the league is probably shaping up as we expected it. Um, albeit trying to find results week in, week out is, is as challenging as ever. Um, but we'll give it a good go this week. Now, before we go into this weekend's fixtures, Greg, we, I think we'd won one of the last week. Was it the Hearts to score uh, three or more? Yes, I'm, I'm blaming you for texting me about quarter past four that we're looking in good shape. Yeah, they were all up at that time. <laughs> if the referee would have blown the whistle, would have been absolutely fine. Hearts was in it quite early, I think, in the second half. They scored their three goals at home to Queen of the South quite comfortably. Yeah, but they still, um, they still contrived to lose a goal after I had backed them to win to nil. So. Now, my comment last week was what? Putting my chips in the oven? Just <laughs> that Queen's, Queen of the South did score against Hearts last week. <laughs> and they which, did. Which they often do, actually. They do concede a lot of goals, Queen of the South, but they usually are good for a, 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 a consolation goal. Uh, but yeah, the, the Queen's Park nap last weekend, really disappointing. They fell behind to a first-half goal. They scored two quick-fire goals at the start of the second half to go 2-1 up. They were then pegged back to 2-all. They then went 3-2 up. And at this point, they're thinking, great, 3-2. We'll see the game out or score a fourth. And unfortunately, a sucker punch by Edinburgh City, who scored the equaliser with about four or five minutes to go. And St Johnston lost to the away day Blues, Livingston, who I think recorded only their second away victory in the Premiership. Yep. In 42 games, possibly. Something like that. Something yep. crazy. In early 40s, anyway. So that was a great result for Livy. And since Gary Holt left Livingston, they've been absolutely flying. Yeah, they've done well. And there's two up tonight again against Ross County in the, the Betfred Cup quarterfinal. Um, yeah, I think our ban needs to be reimposed, Greg, on you betting on St. Johnson. Well, I did. I think um, Jim also backed St. Johnson last weekend. And I'm yeah, I did. I didn't just back them, I made them my headline bet on Saturday <laughs> uh, because I, I really, really thought that was the time to get 
into St Johnson and, and get the victory. So I was hugely disappointed, Greg, I have to say. And you should be. It's, that was a match as well, I think, at home, playing really well, scoring goals. And obviously Livingston's record in Perth is abysmal and Livingston's away record in grass is even worse. So <laughs> you're thinking the stars aligned, three points for St Johnston at a decent price, to be fair. I think it was 5-4, yeah. a yeah, very decent again. price. Um, and they brought it back to one all, but again, lost the second half goal to go down 2-1. So terrific result for Livingston, but bitterly disappointing for St Johnston on Saturday. Yeah, and I think that Queen's Park game, I think we had said that everyone in their granny had been on Queen's Park um, on Saturday and the price just tumbled. I think they went off at 7-10 or something like that. Um, having been, what, what price did you quote them at earlier in the week, Greg? 23-20. 23-20. got them on the Monday, uh, yeah. Sunday evening, Monday morning. Um, so plenty of money for Queen's Park. So I'd imagine that would have taken down a lot of coupons at the weekend. But um, we have them on the list this weekend, Greg, which we'll get to in good time. Um, so looking ahead to this week, the showpiece game is going to be the Scottish Cup final between Celtic and Hearts. And that is last season's Scottish Cup final um, at Hamden on Sunday. And that leaves us with five Premiership matches. Um, so we're going to have a, a look at them game by game. The first one up is Hibs, who host Dundee United. Now, Hibs are 8 to 15 and probably quite rightly so in terms of the forum that Hibs have been in only two defeats in the last 15 um, to, to Aberdeen and one of those was a sore one to Harps in that Scottish Cup semi-final I have scars of old back in Hibs <laughs> um, and I just can't be having them at 8 to 15 to beat anyone I'm afraid anybody braver than me uh, I wouldn't call it, I wouldn't call it bravery, uh, but I will I will side with Hibs in this one. Um, I, I, I don't like you, Paul. I do not do not fancy the price. Uh, I, I think they're way too short to beat Dundee United, given Dundee United's defensive record and also how well they played against Rangers last week. Admittedly, that was at Tannadice, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I think Dundee United will. I, I'd be amazed. I, I know Jack Ross said not many teams win Premiership matches three 0 and then he went promptly went out and his team did win three <laughs> 0 and then 4-0, I think. Um, but I, I can't see Hibs winning this 3-4-0. I, I, I think this is one goal in it, Hibs-Dundee United. Uh, I suspect it will be in Hibs' favour. But 8-15, uh, I think I'll just leave that. Thanks very much. Well, I think when you look at Hibs' home record, they've only won twice at Easter Road in the league this season. Yeah. Despite how you know they've had a fantastic season. And to, be sitting, to be sitting with 32 points at this stage of the season is, is tremendous and the record that they've had. But I was really surprised to see their home record. Yeah, four draws, Jim. Yeah. I've been quite critical of Hibs over the last couple of months. I think they've been collecting points. Uh, but they haven't been playing well. They've kind of huffed and puffed, had a bit of luck earlier on in the season. And I'm probably with you both on this match. I would definitely not be touching Hibs at 8-15. to However, that said, Hibs over the last few weeks have been outstanding. I think to go to, to Motherwell and win 3-0 uh, two weeks ago was a really good result, and that's probably the result they, they were looking for after back-to-back draws against Celtic and St Johnston. I think they were both two all draws, actually. Yeah. And to then go and beat Hamilton. And don't get me wrong, we know Hamilton are struggling at the bottom of the league. However, to still go there and win 4-0 yeah. so convincingly was a terrific result. So from that aspect, for me, I'm going to take goals in this match. Um, looking at Hibs' home games, it's reminiscent really of last season. Hibs had so many 2-2 draws last season. Um, when you look at the games they've had this season, they had a 2-2 draw at home to Rangers. They held Celtic 2-0. I think Celtic scored a late goal in that match. They beat Hamilton 3-2. They also drew 2-0 with St Johnston. And I think Dundee and Borough Rangers also went to Easter Road and scored, albeit they, they lost 4-1 and 3-1 respectively. So there's definitely goals in this game for me. Dungeon United... I still can't quite suss them out. They're in a really good position in the league. Yeah. Um, they, don't score a, they don't score a lot of goals, though, and, and they have been pretty solid defensively. I just think at the moment, the way Hibs are playing, Hibs are more than capable here of scoring at least twice. And obviously, after last weekend's result for Dungeon United, although they went down 2-1 to Rangers, you could probably argue that's been one of Rangers' most difficult games this season in a match that they can have yeah. out a, a 2-1 win. So... I think if I think if United can get a goal here, and they do have goals in their team United, through Shanklin, they've got McNulty in there as well, Nicky Clark's good for a goal. I think United can score here, but I think the way Hibs attack, Hibs are more than capable of scoring too. So I'm going to take over 2.5 goals in this match at just a shade above even money. It's 
21 to 20 with Bet Victor, but widely available evens everywhere else. And just finally on that note as well, this is a fixture that produces lots of goals. 16 of the last 21 matches between these two at Easter Road have delivered over 2.5 goals. So there's definitely been no shortage of goals over the years in this match. I just think Hibs defensively recently, especially at home, conceding lots of goals at home, if United can nick a wee wee goal here, we could see at least three goals in this match. Good knowledge on the head-to-heads there, Greg. Good homework. Thank you, thank you. (laughs) done. Um, Very good. Yeah, and I think there was a wee bit of concern over Kevin Nisbet sitting out the game last night, but I read that he is likely to make it on Sunday, and that makes a big difference for Hibs as well, given the form that he's been in. Yeah, he's been, he's been a classy setting, hasn't he? He's, he's adapted yeah. to the Premiership so well. Um, a really intelligent player for such a young guy. Um, I like his movement. He's a really good finisher, and uh, Hibs are lucky to have him. I, I would also, uh, I would also forgive any club. Uh, a, a slight hiccup I know they didn't lose but a slight hiccup at Alwa I would forgive any club <laughs> hiccup at Alwa because it's an awful awful place to go uh, and Hibs got through it and I, I think Jack Ross knew how to get through it and he did and I think when it comes to cup games Jim you know yourself um, the objective is to get through very similar to St Johnson yeah. last night at Dunfermline um, absolutely really dull 0-0 really I think St Johnson controlled most of the game won in penalties uh, but ultimately are through to the next round and that's all that matters. And that's what Jab also was saying as well. Indeed. Okay, so I bet for you in this one, Greg, and that's over two and a half goals and that's 21 to 20 at Bet Victor. Next up, we've got Rangers at home. Tomorrow we've already spoken about the juggernaut that is Rangers and we've really struggled to find some value in Rangers matches, Greg. I don't think we've, we've tipped much, if anything at all, on Rangers games this season. No, I think I had them at the very beginning. I think I've backed them once, and that was to score in both halves. Yeah, both I remember that. Against St Johnston, actually. <laughs> but since then, though, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's been so difficult to find value. There's no value on Rangers to win, minus one. Very little value on on match goals. Very little value on Rangers corners, because they are hitting seven, eight, nine corners per game. And if you're a goal scorer, um, better. Good luck trying to find the first goal scorer. Goldson has been scoring goals. I think as Jim mentioned at the start of the podcast, Tavernier has been scoring lots of goals, free kicks, penalties. Um, really, really difficult. Any angles on this for you, Jim? Uh, my only angle on, on, on Rangers in, in recent weeks has been uh, the, the, the percentage markup. Because if uh, I think they're one to seven best tomorrow. Uh, sorry, best on Saturday, one to seven. Uh, so say they were one to eight, that's 12.5%. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you think at the moment we're in negative interest rates per annum at banks and building societies, that's twelve and a half percent interest for ninety minutes. The way I look at that, when Rangers are so reliable to win games at the moment, twelve and a half percent markup on your accumulators is an absolute steal. Um, and I'm, I'd be happy to put them in any accumulator on Saturday to beat Motherwell at Ibrox at twelve and a half percent. That's why we love you on this podcast, Jim. <laughs> Great angle. Um, I was going to ask, we probably all remember Motherwell beating Rangers in the playoffs when Rangers were trying to come up to the Premiership from the Championship. Any yeah, idea yeah when, I remember the game. Any idea when the last time Motherwell beat Rangers at Ibrox in a regular league game? Ooh. 1996. Well done, Greg. As a guess. It was a 96-97 season, oh, so ah. although, although it was 97, I'm going to give you it. And it was oh, actually, it was the day that Rangers expected to wrap up nine in a row. Motherwell went there and won 2-0, and Rangers scored? celebrations. You tell me who scored. At, at that time, did John Spencer play for Motherwell? Possibly Billy Davis? Was he the manager at that point, I think? Billy it was a 2-0 win for Motherwell. Any suggestions, Jim? Uh Oh, no, was it the boy who went on to play for Celtic? Uh, no. No? No. I think he would have loved to have played for Celtic, but he never did. <laughs> right. Owen Coyle? Owen Coyle. Owen Coyle scored <laughs> the two goals that day. So there you go. So that's the size of the task that faces Motherwell um, on Saturday. And, uh, and I think I looking at Motherwell this season, they have been a massive, massive disappointment. Yeah. I think we expected so much more from them after last season's heroics to finish, well, essentially third, didn't they? Um, when the season was called to a halt. Um, they, they started the season really poorly. I think they 
picked up a little bit, a couple of decent wins. Uh, but I think last weekend's defeat against Hibs is probably quite damning, actually. And they're really toiling the season, Motherwell. Yeah, does Stephen Robertson find himself under a bit of pressure? I wouldn't have said so. I think he's got mm, not yet. plenty of ash in the bank yet. Not, not yet, definitely not. Uh, but I think the pressure's always going to be on, though, when you have a really good season like you had last season. Expectations increase when potentially um, Motherwell are probably where they should be in terms of fighting for top six. Yeah, I'm just kind of throwing into the mix the fact that they've picked up six points without kicking a ball. Um, otherwise, yeah. otherwise they'd be down in ninth. Well, you know my view on that. Yeah, I think we covered that in enough detail last week. Um, okay, so, whether they get those six points from COVID or not, uh, you have a club called Motherwell sitting fifth in the Premiership. Uh, I don't think the manager's under pressure, to be honest. I agree, to be fair, but you know what it's like, Jim. The expectations yeah. are high after such a good season last I still, season. I still, don't under, I still don't understand why the Livingston manager resigned. I don't think anyone does, Jim, to be fair. I don't think anyone does. Yeah. That was a massive surprise to me. I thought Gary Hall had done an outstanding job at Livingston over the last two or three seasons. And for him to leave, I kind of thought that would maybe derail Livingston's progress in the Premiership. But it's definitely not. They've Clearly been, not. They've, they've been brilliant since he left. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so just going back to the, the rangers Motherwell game, I guess there's, unless, as you say, Jim, you want to take it as a, let's see, an investment um, yeah, backbenders back at that price. If, if if I'd picked four other teams, then I would happily put Rangers in as the fifth for a twelve and a half percent top up. Yeah, to top up. Okay, um, we've already touched on the next game, and that is Ross County v Hamilton. Hamilton ugh, just continue to pick up results when you don't expect them to. Um, but I'm guessing, based on what you've said about you expect Hamilton to fill that automatic relegation yeah. spot, Jim, that you probably fancy Ross County to take something here. I do fancy Ross County and, and that is based on uh, needs must because I, I think they really should win this game and they must win this game if they're to be taken seriously for, for getting away from that bottom spot. Um, obviously, uh, you're telling us they're 2-0 down at, at Livingston at the moment in the League Cup uh, and they lost 2-0 uh, at Aberdeen last week. Uh, games against Hamilton Ackies and Dingwall for Ross County are games they have to win. And I suspect they will have the wherewithal to do that uh, on Saturday. Uh, Ten to eleven, that 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 is more attractive to me than eight to fifteen Hibs against Dundee United. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would certainly take Ross County to win that game at ten to eleven. I believe Hamilton are as big as three to one at bet three six five. That's right. And yeah. I know some Aki's fans, you know, when it comes to these kind of games, not not Celtic, not Rangers, not Hibs, not Aberdeen, they do back their team to win. Um, but I think 10 to 11 Ross County will do for me in this one. Greg, you think there might be goals here? Yeah, I really wanted to back Ross County here, and that was my initial angle in terms of approaching this game. And I do agree that Hamilton are the most likely side of the two to go down. But when you look at Ross County's form, though, it's just horrible. Um, they started the season off really well, but looking back over the last 15 games, They've lost 10, four draws, and just one victory in the last 15. That is proper relegation form. Now, at home to Hamilton, Jim said, absolutely, this is, these are the games that Ross County have to win. At Aberdeen last weekend, to be fair to Ross County, he went down 2-0, but I think you dig a little bit deeper. I'm not saying that that 2-0 victory um, probably flattered um, Aberdeen, but... They were definitely in the match. They had more possession, more corp. I think they had just as many corners as Aberdeen had. They had just as many shots. Going forward, I still think they do have attacking options, Ross County. And as you know, I'm a big fan of uh, Ross Stewart. I think he probably is yeah. five goals short where he should be. Been very, very unlucky with Woodwork being hit. Goal and clearances, great goalkeeping. Um, but for me, looking at Hamilton's away form, they've conceded or there's been over 2.5 goals now in eight of their last nine away games. Um, 3-2 at Hibs, 4-2 at Aberdeen. They beat St Mirren 3-0. They obviously lost heavily at Ibrox 8-0. 2-1 at Dungeon United, 2-1 at Kelly, 2-1 at Livy. So they've actually scored in eight of their nine away games. The only match they didn't score in was at um, Rangers. And I think, as you say as well, they're so unpredictable, Hamilton. You really don't know what you're going to get from them. 
So rather than me worrying about Ross County winning this match, I'm going to take over 2.5 goals here. Um, and that is just a shade below evens, I think, at 19-20 to 20 with Bet Victor. And it's a match neither side can afford, I'm not saying can afford to lose, but both sides will have this game earmarked as, as a must-win. And I, I think we could see goals here. Yeah, it's another fixture that recent games can appoint to goals being scored in. I think six of the last eight have seen over two and a half goals. Yeah, and it encourages me as well that Hamilton have gone to Hibs, Aberdeen, Dungeon United, Kilmarnock and scored. Mm-hmm. So they're more than capable of scoring against Ross County. I just think Ross County, although they're not getting the points, their play maybe deserves recently. I don't think they're that far away. Um, and if they can click and actually start putting the ball in the back of the night, they're creating lots of chances, Ross County. They, mm. they really do create three or four really clean-cut chances every week. They're just not getting that rubber the green at the moment. So I'm hoping they can grab a couple of goals here. OK, so you're nailing your colours to the mask then in this one, and it's over two and a half goals at Ross County v Hamilton. Last game on Saturday is a battle of the Saints. Uh, we've already touched on St Mirren, Jim, and your thoughts on those on St Mirren and Jim Goodwin's yeah. method, I suppose, in terms of attacking games like these. St Mirren are 95 to win at home against St Johnson. Um, and I touched on the fact that you, I think in the last not two weeks, two the last three weeks, you've tipped St Mirren to win at home against yeah. Aberdeen. I certainly fancied them to win the cup tie. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they know how to play Aberdeen. The, 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 the Jim Goodwin seems to have a, a handle on Aberdeen, which is which has worked for him. Um, they got a great result at Motherwell last week. I actually tipped them to get a draw at Motherwell last week. Uh, and they went and won. <laughs> they managed to get away with the 1-0 win, uh, which was a fantastic result for St Mirren. So you would automatically, the logic would be, you think they're back at home. OK, they've got this cup tie, which is ongoing against Rangers as we speak. Uh, but the logic would be that St Mirren back at home against St Johnson after that great result at Motherwell, mark that down as a home win. But I, I just think that they, they probably would be happy again with a point against St Johnson because despite the defeat last week and despite siding big time with St Johnson last week and they lost, I still do think, and I'm not pandering to Greg here, I still do think they're a very good side. And I think St Mirren against St Johnson, they might might just cancel themselves out a little bit in Paisley uh, on Saturday and uh, I always look for a good draw at the weekends and that was the one I was drawn to, <laughs> excuse the pun, uh, as I was going through the, the, the possible permutations for this weekend uh, and I, I haven't varied from that uh, all week uh, and I do think St Mirren St Johnson is going to be my banker draw this weekend. It's interesting you say that. I, I think the angle here is the lack of goals. Just looking back at the, the previous fixtures, there's, both teams have scored in just five of 24 meetings between these two sides. There's been over two and a half goals in just four of those last 24 meetings. Um, over two and a half in just one of the last 13 meetings. So I don't think we're going to expect a thriller yeah. in Paisley. Uh, we this had weekend. some d- discussion last night on Twitter about this match uh, with, with, with David from Pine Bovril and mm-hmm. the fans. Now, I've probably been to that stadium to watch St. Johnson play eight or nine times. Have you ever seen a goal? I kid you not. (laughs) I've never once seen a good game. It's always been nil-nil or one-nil or not many goals. So the last 10 games between the sides have been under 2.5 goals. But I've never once seen a good game. Even when we've won, it's been a terrible, terrible match. (laughs) Um, So I can't disagree. I think this is absolutely banker draw material. I think St. Johnson, to be fair, would probably quite be happy with the draw. Uh, yes. St Mirren are actually in really good shape. They went through that sticky patch, they had lots of issues with COVID, but looking back to the results, they're actually unbeaten in seven games now, albeit some of those are cup games, but let's not forget, they did knock Aberdeen out of the cup, albeit it was a weakened Aberdeen side. They then drew with Aberdeen to then go away to Livingston and to get a result at Fur Park last week. Um, it's tremendous. So I think Jim Goodwin will be delighted with that and I think worst case scenario for me for Sydney on Saturday will be a draw. We've had a decent enough season, but we're not getting results. I think we've had a lot of products this season, but ultimately, points tally-wise, um, it's probably not good enough. So definitely a draw here um, on, on the cards, and I'd be stunned if there was over 2.5 goals in this game. It's got a 1-0 or 0-0 written over it. Well, under 2.5 goals is 8-15, to Greg. 
So that, tell, that tells its own yeah. story. Um, both St Johnston yeah. and St Mirren are the lowest scorers in the division. Now, although that price is 8-15 to 15 for under two and a half goals, uh, what really piqued my interest was no first half goal at 11-8, to eight, which I thought was a very good price, maybe worth taking on. Yeah, there's certainly not been many goals. I can remember anyway um, in, in this fixture, especially at St Mirren. But it's one of those bets that takes a, a silly mistake or moment of genius to, to beat a deadlock so for me it's probably a bet to avoid and if you were to bet on this match it would definitely be um, on the draw market as just Jim said Yeah, and I know you like the, the time of the first goal bets Greg so it's 5-6 to six for no goal before the, the 35th minute which might yep. be of interest as well got every chance <laughs> ok on to Sunday and uh, Greg I believe you've got Loads of stats lined up for us for Aberdeen's visit to Kilmarnock, who must hate the sight oh. of the dogs down at Rugby Park. If there's any Kilmarnock fans listening, I probably suggest you just switch <laughs> off now. It's, it's like a scene from a horror film. So when I looked at this match, straight away, I knew Aberdeen had a great record against Kilmarnock. I think it's well known that they have the upper hand and are absolutely Kilmarnock's bogey team. I don't think any Kilmarnock fans will mind me saying that. So, if you cast your mind back to the 15th of December, 2012, eight yep. years ago. Yep, I'm there, um, I'm there. You're, you're there, good. That, um, Kilmarnock won 2-0 at Aberdeen. Yeah, I remember so. it well, yeah. <laughs> Can't remember who scored, <laughs> they won 2-0. Since then, so during the last eight years, Kilmarnock and Aberdeen have played 29 times. Kilmarnock have won once <laughs> in 29 matches between the sides. It's mad um, when you consider how well Kamalak were playing under Steve Clark as well. You'd think there might have been a wee shift at some point in terms of that forum, but that's a remarkable record. It's quite incredible. I think last season epitomises the heartache that Kilmarnock fans suffer against Aberdeen. It was, I think it was a League Cup match. Um, Kilmarnock went 1-0 up. Aberdeen equalised on the 91st minute to take the match into extra time. Kilmarnock then scored in the 117th minute to go 2-1 up and Aberdeen scored two goals in the final minute <laughs> to go through. So not only did they get paid back in normal time, they got paid back twice in extra time. And that only just sums up um, Kilmarnock's luck against Aberdeen. Um, they are unbeaten in their last 17 trips to Rugby Park. That's quite an incredible start. And I don't think any club in the Premiership has such a woeful record against another side. So yeah, yeah. definitely a happy hunting ground for Derek McInnes, who is likely to have been in charge there, to be fair, throughout almost that entire period. Yeah. I think yeah, Derek McInnes point. is probably 2012-2013 he joined Aberdeen. So he very much owns um, Kilmarnock, Derek McInnes. So congratulations to him. Um, looking at this match itself, though, stats aside in terms of the historical meetings between the sides, um, I think last week's victory for Aberdeen was a much-needed win they themselves have had quite a challenging couple of weeks with poor results, players missing, COVID issues, all that sort of stuff. So they were by no means brilliant against Ross County, but ultimately a 2-0 win, another three points, keeps them in touch with Hibs in, in that battle for third place. And when looked at the Aberdeen bench, like, oh, sorry, it's now 2 months at Mirren. Wow. Wow. Just flashed up there. So when you look at Aberdeen's bench last weekend... They had uh, Logan, Sam Cosgrove, McGinn on the bench as well. I think um, they've kind of got through that stage now of players missing in terms of injury and COVID. I think Lewis Ferguson is the only one that was missing last weekend. I'm not sure he'd be due to come back this weekend, but I think squad-wise and on paper, Aberdeen, to me, was a good bet for this match. I think they're 5-4 to win the game. Kilmarnock, for me, probably don't score enough goals and they're very, very inconsistent, Kilmarnock. I just think Aberdeen are probably back on the wagon now, got most of the players back, pretty much at full strength, and obviously it's difficult to know their record here at Rugby Park. I'm probably not brave enough to take Aberdeen to win it 5-4, to four, although I know Jim would very much be brave enough to take 5-4 to four for Aberdeen. Um, I'm going to play it a little bit safer and take Aberdeen double chance and over 1.5 match goals in the game. And that's landed in 11 of the last 12 games between the sides here. And that Jim, means even money. Sorry, Jim, Aberdeen have dropped points at St Mirren, at Hamilton, at Dundee United. You 
as I said earlier, you're keen to go against him um, recently. Is there a case to be made for Kilmarnock here despite that appalling home record? No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, I I have to say I've been really disappointed with Kilmarnock. I didn't fan despite Celtic's woes, I did not fancy Kilmarnock at all at Celtic Park last week. Uh, and they didn't let me down. Uh so I I really don't fancy them. I, I I knew the record was poor against Aberdeen. Uh I'm grateful to Greg for showing me how poor it was, or is rather. Um and I even before I heard that, I, I was very much on in the Aberdeen camp for this particular game. Uh two 0 against Ross County was fully expected. Um, I know you don't expect to go away from home and win a game, but I, I think Derry McInnes will expect to go away from home and win this game. You won't expect to get it easy, but uh, from a punting point of view, 5-4 to four Aberdeen on a pitch that the current lot of players certainly enjoy, despite the fact that most people moan about it, um, Aberdeen certainly will do for me. Uh, but I, I do I do like Greg's idea of, uh, of the, how to handle the game in terms of betting, but uh, in, in terms of Pure and simply, who I think will win the match, I think it will be Aberdeen, and I think 5-4 to four in the circumstances is pretty fair. Yeah, it's not a bad price at all, is it? OK, that wraps up the Scottish Premiership games, but of course we've got the small matter of the Scottish Cup final on Sunday, where Celtic, who are still out of sorts, I would say, you know, a couple of wins, doesn't mask the fact that it's now four wins in the last 14 games, up against the Hearts, a dangerous Hearts side who are... Yeah. Going pretty well at the, the top of the championship as well as can be expected. And I always think that presents a difficult opponent, um, you know, much more so than, say, Hearts of last season who were lying at the bottom of the, the Premiership. Out of sorts, um, no real form to go on. And I think this game might be might be tighter than the odds suggest, Jim. I suspect so. I, I really do. Um, I, I think uh, the yips might just set in for Celtic here. Uh, there is so much at stake, uh, both for the club itself in terms of the the quadruple treble, uh, Neil Lennon's future, which really has only been guaranteed until the 3rd of January. Um, they play a heart side who still feel, as a club, very, very aggrieved about what happened last season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, they, they find themselves in the championship where they really shouldn't be. Um I still consider them, in, in terms of looking at this game from a betting point of view, I still would consider Hearts as a Premiership side. I know that doesn't sound logical. I fully appreciate that. But I'm talking about from a betting point of view, I think the quality that Hearts have, they are a Premiership side. And that takes me to looking at how this game would have been priced up if mm-hmm. Hearts were in the Premiership and sitting, say, in the same position as Aberdeen or Hibs, which I think they would be. Uh, at the moment, and I think this would be priced up in the region of four to eleven Celtic, six to one Hearts. Now the way it's priced up is two to seven Celtic, and nine to one Hearts. Yep. And the angle I'm taking is Hearts to win, Hearts to lift the trophy, which are best priced eleven to two with Bet three six five. So you can back Hearts to win the trophy. They can win it in normal time. They can win it in extra time. They can win it with penalties. I'm taking Hearts to win the trophy at a value price in the circumstances. I'm not saying they're a certainty to win it. At a value price in the circumstances at 11-2 to 2 with Bet365 and generally 5-1 to 1 elsewhere. Yeah, you certainly wouldn't be taking Hearts at 11-2 had this game gone ahead when it was scheduled in May, the way things were going, would you? No. No. <laughs> but the, but the, the way I mean, I'm factoring in the fact that Celtic, yes, they beat Kilmarnock, but that did not, and and yeah, they won the European tie, but that did not signal to me that all is well. Uh, there there are still major problems in that Celtic team from from goalkeeper to centre forward. Sorry for using the old term, but you know what I mean. From from goalkeeper through centre half, through centre midfield, right through to uh, the main striker, uh, they haven't solved, in my eyes, any of those problems, despite the fact that they're talking about throwing a new contract at a keeper that's played about three games. Um, Shane Duffy, I'm sorry to use the term bomb scare, but he is. Uh, And thankfully for Celtic, they've introduced David Turnbull, who has been a major success uh, in their midfield and wide. And that is definitely a redeeming feature for Celtic going forward. 
They have to hope that a lot more players hit form than have been on average over the past four to six weeks. Now, that's a big ask to go from five players, I would say, averaging top form over the past six weeks to probably they'd need nine or ten to win this game comfortably. I think that's a huge ask of Celtic. And I think uh, Hearts will know that. Robbie Nielsen is a very good operator. Uh, he will know that Celtic are vulnerable and I'm sure he'll be approaching this game with some interesting tactics. Uh, and I think just from a betting point of view, even if they went a goal behind, I don't think you would rule out Hearts. I think Hearts at 11-2 to two, to lift the trophy or 5-1 to one to draw the match, that's not a bad bet. I think yeah, you've um, taken the Greg, out of my mouth, Jim. I think Robbie Nielsen, I think he'll really fancy this. I think it's an absolutely terrific opportunity for Hearts to play Celtic, given how poor Celtic have been this season. I, th- I think, as you said before, had this game been played back in May, a completely different world, a completely different Celtic side. And Celtic are vulnerable. And I think Robbie Nielsen will try and exploit that. I think this Hearts will try and get in about Celtic and rough them up. And I think for me, in terms of the betting angle here, could be a good play here on cards in this game. Mm. It's a bit premature at the moment in terms of getting markets up. There's no markets available yet on the card markets, but I would not be surprised to see Hearts receive at least two or three cards. And to be fair, Celtic are more than capable as well of landing a few cards. So I think closer to kickoff, I'll be looking at the cards market for this match. I just did a quick search there to see if Willie Collum just would happen to be the man in the middle, but it's not. It's John Beaton on Sunday. Um, so... Yeah, if it had been Willie Collum, it would have been all over cards, Greg, and even possibly a penalty or two as well, given Willie's record. Fairly certain as well, it's to be pouring of rain in Glasgow on Sunday, which makes it even better. <laughs> yeah, I think, it's, I think it'd be a fascinating contest. Celtic definitely still vulnerable, um, despite those uh, two recent wins, as you say, Jim. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's hard. Uh, 11-2 is definitely a value play. I, I jotted down um, some prices for the game to be won in extra time. It's Celtic 9-1 to one to win it in extra time. Hearts 33-1 to one to win it in extra time. Mm. It's 8-1 to one generally for the game to be won in extra time. Uh, in terms of penalties, it's 12-1 to one for it to go to a penalty shootout. And 20-1 to one Celtic to win it. In spot kicks and 25 to 1 for Hearts to do so. So there'll be punters out there who maybe fancy some of those longer prices as well. Um, you know, on a game that, as I say, just looks a bit tighter than the bet would suggest at the moment. Stephen Naismith yeah. has to be a candidate for a card. 100%. Has to be a candidate. I'd love to see what price he's going to be. Shortest um, price of the weekend. <laughs> probably odds on, to be fair, <laughs> to receive a booking on Sunday. Yeah. The other intriguing angle to this game, really, for me, uh, is Craig Gordon. Yeah. Uh, Craig Gordon back at Hearts in a cup final against Celtic, who, since they let him go, have struggled to fill the goalkeeper's jersey. And Craig Gordon is now in opposition at Hamden. Uh, if I remember rightly, he had a blinder against Hibs in the semi-final. Yeah. Uh, and he, he is a big game player, Craig Gordon. Uh, we can We can think back down the years... Uh, both for Scotland, uh, some big European games for Celtic, for Hearts first time around. Massive big game player, and I think he will relish this game on Sunday. And it really would be ironic if Craig Gordon was the difference between Celtic and a quadruple treble. And a penalty shootout. Well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's been one of those seasons, hasn't it? Who knows? Uh, we'll see how that one pans out. It should be an intriguing match, if nothing else, on Sunday, and that's live on BBC One at 2.15. OK, we're going to have a wee quick look at the lower leagues as well. Um, we'll come on to Queen's Park shortly, Greg, but let's have a wee look at some of the games in the Championship, and I think it's fair to say that match of the day there um, is Dundee v Dunfermline. Jim, you, any thoughts on this one? Yeah, I was disappointed Dunfermline last week, uh, losing at Morton. Um, and I think because of not only because of that, because I, I have noticed that Dundee have been improving. Uh, and I just thought uh, in terms of the championship this weekend, I would definitely be taking Dundee to beat Dunfermline, especially at Dens Park. And uh, Charlie Adam ha- has been talking a good game. I, I think Dundee are getting their, you know what, together. And uh, they, they do seem to be not coming good, but certainly getting better. And I think uh, at Dens Park, such a big game. Dunfermline looking slightly vulnerable. Uh, and also after having that very 
uh, taxing game midweek. Uh, I think Dundee are, are the bet in this one. Are you expecting Dundee to put a run together? They've been disappointing think, so far. Only yeah, they have, they have been slightly disappointing. But just, I, I'm, I'm not saying I've watched 90 minutes of Dundee every week, but uh, just from what I have seen and heard and, and, and read, uh, I, I do believe that they are starting to get it together a little bit. And I, I think a game of this magnitude, OK, there's no crowd, but a game of this magnitude, I think Dundee will, will get themselves up for that. And from a, from a betting point of view, I would hope they would win it. Greg, any thoughts on this one? Yeah, I did have a look at this game as part of my kind of early week preview of what's happening this weekend. And I, I couldn't pick a winner. Um, I must admit, Dundee with home advantage, I definitely wouldn't be backing Dunfermline away. I think Dunfermline are conceding too many goals for my liking. And I think, as Jim said, the result last weekend against Morton was extremely disappointing, especially after, am I right in saying that David Hopkin left Morton? Anyway. That's right, yeah. So... Morton have obviously got a lift from that, as you so often see when the sides um, depart with the manager. But that was a really disappointing result. I did look at goals for this game, and I, I do think there could be goals. It was on my shortlist for over 2.5. Um, Dundee with home advantage, you'd expect them to score. But as we know this season so far, Dunfermline have been scoring lots of goals. So I think both teams that score in this game should land. And if it does, there's a very good chance we'll see over 2.5. I think it pays just above evens at the moment. Yeah, I think as you say, Jim, it's a game that Dundee can ill afford to lose, really. Um, they're already five points behind in Fairland and they certainly wouldn't want to be going any further behind in what is a, a shortened season in the World League. Especially as well. with, with Ray Rovers and Hearts not playing this weekend. Yeah, yeah, indeed. OK, elsewhere in the Championship, um, <laughs> you did speak about um, you wouldn't you wouldn't begrudge anyone going to Alwa um, and not getting a win but um, yeah. you quite fancy Inverness's chances there on Saturday Yeah I do fancy Inverness to be honest uh, Alwa have had a tough midweek uh, whatever way you look at it and uh, Inverness 2-2 uh, draw with Dundee John Robertson said that was two points dropped but if you if you read the quotes from the Dundee boss uh, uh, I'm not sure how you would interpret that but uh, Inverness they, they do seem to have a little bit about them at the moment uh, and I think Robbo uh, will be able to go to Alwa and not get a two or three goal win, but I would I would fancy them to get the, the three points. So Inverness for me at that one. Are both there? I, I'll I'll leave that to anyone who wants to have a bet on that. Game. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I I wouldn't touch that with the proverbial barge pole. Uh, and Morton Morton Queen of the South. Obviously, uh, you mentioned David Hopkin leaving. Um, they immediately got that victory. I, I've got a good friend who lives in Hong Kong. He's a big Morton fan and. He backed them the previous week, thinking they were a great price at 7-1, to one, and then didn't back them at all against Infermland, so he wasn't very happy. Um, but you, you, would, you would have to edge towards a Morton home win there, given that Queen of the South shipped six last week. Uh, so maybe if, if I was going to touch that game, it would be Morton, but I'd both there. Uh, I'll, I'll leave that to you boys. And who'd have, who'd have thought, Jim, there's a Hong Kong Great Morton Supporters Club? Who'd have thought? Who would have thought it? <laughs> <laughs> I think when I looked through the Championship... Um, my thoughts are exactly the same. Four really difficult games to call. I, I do think Inverness and Alwa have a good shout. But in terms of other three games for me, um, probably just best left alone, especially that Arbrothier match. You just, you just couldn't call that one. OK, into League One and Cove Rangers host Clyde and Cove. We've had a wee bit of a reality check in the last few weeks. I think it's no wins in four for them now. Um, there was a there was a point, I suppose, where we maybe thought they were going to rip up the league and do what they did last season, but um, they've been brought back down to earth a wee bit. So they, they host Clyde and Greg Wee. I guess we've been really disappointed in Clyde. We expected some something a bit more from them this season. We did. They started off so well. Um, I think they started off beating Patrick Thistle. Uh, mind you, to be fair, anybody can beat Patrick <laughs> Thistle these days. Um, but yeah, they were disappointing. They lost at Peterhead. Harsh but fair, Jim. <laughs> they um, lost at Peterhead, they lost against Dumbarton. Um, I think obviously they've got David Goodwillie, who is again probably on track to score 20 plus goals this season. I think they lost last weekend at. Who did they play last weekend? Falkirk. They lost at Falkirk. There's just no surprise there, really. Uh, I think Cove at home, though, although they got beat from Montrose a few weeks ago, Montrose are actually a very good side. And having a really good season. Yeah. Again, um, under Stuart Petrie, he's done a great job at them shows. 
So there was no shame in that, to be fair. I think expectation level-wise for Cove, it's probably a little bit too high. I think people forget they have come up from League 2. Although they do have a good squad, there's some good teams in League 1. Obviously, take away the top two in terms of Patrick Thistle and Falkirk. You've got Airdrie, Montrose are all in the mix as well. And we thought Clyde would have been in there too. But for me, I'd probably be happy to take Cove to, to win this match. I think 1-2 to two is a bit short, especially given Cove's recent form. But I, I definitely wouldn't put anybody off backing or throwing Cove into an accumulator. I, I totally agree with that, Greg. Um, I, I, I think... Uh... In in the days when we were allowed to communicate with one another face to face without masks on, I used to I used to uh, bump into a Clyde fan basically on a daily basis who kept me up to date with Clyde. So I'm I'm a bit lacking in Clyde knowledge at the moment, but I do know that they were very very poor last week. And if Cove Rangers cannot beat Clyde at home on Saturday, I'd be very disappointed. And I, I don't think two to one on is a bad price at all. So Cove would be a banker for me. Okay, that that'll find its way into lots of accumulators, I would imagine by the weekend. Um, elsewhere, we've got top of the table, Falkirk. They are six points clear at the top. Um, they're at home to Airdrie. I was speaking to Slipsteps earlier this evening and he says it's a very strange phenomenon as a Falkirk fan. He really has nothing to c- complain about so far yeah. this season. Um, and he gave me the nod that uh, Falkirk play Partick Thistle on Boxing Day. Um, so they obviously want to go into that game maintain that lead that they have over Thistle and hopefully build on that. So for me, Falkirk look at a good a good bet at home to Airdrie, given the way things have gone so far for them this season. Yes, it's, it's hard to find an angle to oppose Falkirk here. They're playing really well, scoring goals. And I must say, Airdrie again, for me this season, have been quite disappointing. Probably expected a little bit more from them. So again, 8-15 to 15 for Falkirk, a very fair price. I agree with that. Yeah, full full cut for me to beat Airdrie without a doubt. Uh, and likewise, given what you've just said about that game coming up on Boxing Day, I, uh, despite your scepticism uh, about uh, Partick Thistle, Greg, I, I would think Partick would beat Peterhead this weekend at Firhill, uh, and I would include them in uh, my three in uh, League One on Saturday. Cove Rangers, Falkirk and Partick for me, because Partick will want to go to that game against Falkirk uh, in touch at the very least. I think if you take away that 0-0 draw against Dumbarton um, two weeks ago for Partick Thistle, they're actually in pretty good shape. It was just a match in yeah. which nothing really went for them that day. I think the Dumbarton goalkeeper had probably the best game of his life. And obviously we spoke about the Brian Graham penalty miss. But other than that, they got a good 2-0 win last weekend. So yeah. I think all three teams, Cole, Falkirk and Partick Thistle, will be very, very popular. Um, and doubles, trebles, and accumulators. So I think the Pickers will be hoping at least one of those teams slip up. Yeah, yeah. I have, have a neighbour who's a, a big Thistle fan, and I don't know how many times in recent years he said to me, well, if we don't beat such and such, we might as well chuck it. <laughs> and um, this, this, Saturday it feels, times. <laughs> this, this Saturday feels like it might be the the very game that they may well chuck it if they don't win. So Thistle... <laughs> Thistle are uh, 9-20 to 20, uh, to win and again it looks like another one that might uh, find its way onto accumulators for the weekend. Yeah. And that takes it into League 2. Um, Greg, Queen's Park, are they on your Christmas list still or No, I think we can they bombed out? Queen's Park. No, not at all. I think we've um, been very careful in selecting the matches in which we've backed Queen's Park. Um, backed them three times this season. They've delivered us a nap when they beat Stenhouse Muir 3-1. They scored two goals for us against Cowden Beath. And on another day, last weekend's 3-3 draw could have quite easily have been uh, a home win. So there's no reason for me to oppose Queen's Park this weekend. And I think they're also a good bet this weekend to score some goals at Annan. So looking at Queen's Park this season so far, we've obviously spoken quite a lot about Queen's Park. They've spent a lot of money. They've got players who really probably should not be playing in League 2. Uh, got a very experienced side um, and absolutely will win um, League 2. There's no doubt about that. Looking at this match itself, um, Queen's Park are scoring lots of goals. They've got goals right through the side. Obviously, Simon Murray, who we know since his time at Hibs and Dungeon United, he's back fit, he's back playing. He didn't score last weekend, but he's only just started coming back into the Queen's Park side. Bob McHugh's got three goals. Uh, William Baham's got as well. So there's goals right through this Queen's Park side. I think so far 10 players have scored for Queen's Park this season. 
and five of those players have got two or more goals. So there's goals right through that team um, from up front to, to midfield. And they play a quick, an Aaron side who have actually lost over the last five. Now, Edinburgh City beat Aaron 4 0 two weeks ago. Um, I think Aaron will do well to stay in this game. I think Queen's Park at 4 to 6 to win the match is actually a very fair price. Um, and they're 13 points behind Queen's Park. And I think Queen's Park to score two goals here um, appeals for me a lot at 4 to 5. Now, you can take Queen's Park to win the match and score two goals at a little bit bigger, 11 to 10. But I think we're probably going to start losing value in Queen's Park over the next couple of weeks. Certainly after the Christmas time anyway, we're still getting backable prices in Queen's Park. But I think as the lead extends and they start winning more matches, we're probably going to have to be a bit more inventive. So my advice would be, given the fact they've scored three goals now in each of their last four matches, my advice here would be to take Queen's Park to score two goals at Annan, and that pays four to five, and that'll be this weekend, the Scottish nap. Well, in, t- in terms of, I couldn't uh, disagree with Queen's Park at all. Uh, I think uh, the away-from-home percentage built into the price is a big attraction uh, at Annan, and they would certainly be in my lower league accumulator this weekend, and I'd also take Edinburgh City after that performance last weekend. Um, uh, Sterling Albion, they're playing, just double-check that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Stirling Albion, yeah. For some reason, I thought it was Brecon, but it's definitely Stirling Albion. Yeah, who are uh, second in the table. Who are second in the table and who, are, I'm told, are a very good side. But uh, I, would, I would Edinburgh City are the ones in my five-team lower league accumulator I'm about to suggest are the ones who boost it along a bit. So I'm going to recommend Edinburgh City and Queen's Park from League Two, both to win. And I'm going to put those in with Cove Rangers, Falkirk and Partick Thistle who are roughly priced at 4 to 7, 3 to 5 and 8 to 15. So throw in an odds against Edinburgh City and a 4 to 7 Queen's Park and I'm hoping that that's a nice little five team lower league Scottish accumulator for this weekend. Yep, just scribbling that one down Jim. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's good to see you're still back in Queen's Park, Greg, I think they've done plenty to uh, remain in the good books this season. Um, what I find fascinating about the Queen's Park scenario is, is that anyone who's not close to Scottish football could probably look at Queen's Park and Saturday's game's a, a perfect example of it against Annan. Queen's Park have been the perennial kind of bottom of the table, lower end of the table uh, team. And looking at it, Annan have won eight of the last ten games against Queen's Park. This is a very, very different Queen's Park that we're seeing in the last, what, 12 to 18 months? Yeah, absolutely. I think if you look at the side that Ray McKinnon has assembled here, I think looking at the experience in this in the side as well, I think last week we kind of made a lot about the fact that this Queen's Park side, most of the guys that start every week are probably in their peak of their career, 28, 29, 30, and most of them have played at a higher level. So between them, They've played hundreds of matches in League One and the Championship yeah. at, at a higher level. Good so point. It's a Queen's Park side who probably have a squad that would grace League One quite quite easily. Easily, yeah. OK, so they're on the list. And as you say, Jim, you're quite happy to add Edinburgh to that list at home to Stirling yeah, Albion. Yeah, on well. this occasion, at, at an attractive price at home. Yeah. Okay, I think that wraps everything up. I think we've covered Scottish football as, <laughs> as in-depth as we possibly can in the space of about an hour. Um, so, Greg, can you give us a wee recap on your tips and then, Jim, if you can just summarise that uh, lower league accumulator for us, yeah, that'd sure. be great. So, starting with the nap, this weekend's nap will be Queen's Park to score two or more goals at Annan Athletic, and that pays 4-5 to five with bet 3-6-5. And I'm taking three bets in the Scottish Premiership starting on Saturday, Hibs versus Dundee United, and I'm taking over 2.5 match goals at 21 to 20 with Bet Victor, and I'm also taking over 2.5 goals in the relegation dogfight between Ross County and Hamilton, and that pays 19 to 20, also with Bet Victor. And moving into Sunday, I'm taking Kilmarnock against the bogey team Aberdeen, and I'm taking Aberdeen double chance and for there to be over 1.5 match goals in the match and I'm taking that as a bet builder with bet 365 which pays even money 
Okay, well, uh, I shall keep mine a bit simpler and I'll expand on it in my Sun column on Saturday. But uh, in terms of the Premiership, uh, I'm very keen on Hibs, Rangers, Ross County and Aberdeen. I'm quite big on a St Mirren, St Johnson draw. In terms of the Cup final, I fancy Hearts to win outright at 11-2, to two, stroke 5-1, to one, depending where you, you place your pound. Uh, in terms of the Championship, very keen on Inverness and Dundee in the Championship this weekend. And my five-team accumulator in League 1 and 2 is Cove, Falkirk, Partick, Queen's Park and Edinburgh City. And as we wind this up, guys, St Mirren are still beating Rangers. How long is that to go, Jim? Not Ten that minutes. long. Ten to go. Yeah. Absolutely sensational news for all other clubs still involved in the competition. That Indeed. Rangers go out, no Rangers, and hopefully, uh, sorry, no Celtic, and hopefully no Rangers. <laughs> Says a St Johnson fan who's in the fight. <laughs> the, the last four. Point of, view, of course. <laughs> <laughs> okay, listen, guys, thank you very much. That was brilliant tonight. Really appreciate it. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, don't forget, you can follow the guys on Twitter at Browning84Greg and Jim sorry, at Jim Delahunt. Uh, as Jim mentioned, you can also catch his tips in the Scottish Sun at the weekend where he'll elaborate on the the bits and pieces of fantastic information that he's given us on the podcast, plus I guess your main pick for the weekend will be in there as well, Jim. Um, so that's always worth having a look at. Um, and of course you can follow our own Twitter account, which is at Gambler Tips if you're not doing so already. And that's us for this week. A huge thanks to Jim for joining us. It was an honour and a privilege nice as always. Here. And it would be great to have you back in back on in New Year again. Um, Love to, thank you. Um, and of course, thanks to Greg once again for his tips for the weekend and best of luck to the both of you for your tips. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs>